Telltale Pod Production. His shoes were far too tight. By Edward Lear. Masterminded by Daniel Pinkwater. And illustrated by Caliph Brown. How pleasant to know Mr. Lear. How pleasant to know Mr. Lear, who has written such volumes of stuff. Some think him ill-tempered and queer but a few think him pleasant enough. His mind is concrete and fastidious. His nose is remarkably big. His visage is more or less hideous. His beard, it resembles a wig. He has ears and two eyes and ten fingers, leastways if you reckon two thumbs. Long ago he was one of the singers. But now he is one of the dumbs. He sits in a beautiful parlour, with hundreds of books on the wall. He drinks a great deal of marsala, but never gets tipsy at all. He has many friends, laymen and clerical. Old Foss is the name of his cat. His body is perfectly spherical, and wear a thrumsible hat. When he walks in waterproof white, the children run after him so, calling out, He's come out of his nightgown! That crazy old Englishman, oh! He weeps by the side of the ocean. He weeps on the top of the hill. He purchases pancakes and lotion and chocolate shrimps from the mill. He reads, but he cannot speak Spanish. He cannot abide ginger beer. Ere the days of his pilgrimage vanish. How pleasant to know Mr. Lee. The Pobble Who Has No Toes the Popple, who has no toes, had once as many as we. When they said, some day you may lose them all, he replied, Fish diddly dee! And his aunt Jabiska made him drink lavender water tinged with pink, for she said, In a world general knows there is nothing so good for a Popple's toes. The Popple, who has no toes, swam across the Bristol Channel, but before he set out he wrapped his nose in a piece of scarlet flannel, for his Aunt Jabiska said, No harm can come to his toes if his nose is warm, and it's perfectly known that a pobble's toes are safe provided he minds his nose. The Pobble swam fast and well, and when boats and ships came near him, he tinkedly blinkedly winkled a bell, so that all of the world could hear him.
and all of the sailors and admirals cried when they saw him nearing the further side. He's gone to fish for antibiscus, runcible cat and crimson whiskers. But before he touched the shore, the shore of the Bristol Channel, a sea-green porpoise carried away his wrapper of scarlet flannel. And when he came to observe his feet, formerly garnished with toes so neat, his face at once became forlorn on perceiving that all his toes were gone. The owl and the pussycat went to sea in a beautiful pea-green boat. They took some honey and plenty of money wrapped up in a five-pound note. The owl looked up to the stars above and sang to a small guitar. Oh, lovely pussy, oh, pussy, my love, what a beautiful pussy you are. You are, you are, what a beautiful pussy you are. Pussy to the owl, you elegant fowl, how charmingly sweet you sing. Oh, let us be married, too long we have tarried, but what shall we do for a ring? They sailed away for a year and a day to the land where the bong tree grows. And there in the wood a piggy wig stood, with a ring at the end of his nose, his nose, his nose, with a ring at the end of his nose. Dear pig, are you willing to sell for one shilling your ring? said the piggy. I will. So they took it away and were married next day by the turkey who lives on the hill. They dined on mince and slices of quince, which they ate with a runcible spoon. And hand in hand, on the edge of the sand, they danced by the light of the moon, the moon, the moon. They danced by the light of the moon. to the kangaroo. Good gracious, how you hop over the fields and water too, as if you never would stop. My life is a bore in this nasty pond, and I long to go out in the world beyond. I wish I could hop like you, said the duck to the kangaroo. Please give me a ride on your back, said the duck to the kangaroo. I would sit quite still and say nothing but quack the whole of the long day through. 
and we'd go to the Dee and the Jelly Bow Lee, over the land and over the sea. Please take me a ride, oh do, said the duck to the kangaroo. Said the kangaroo to the duck, this requires some little reflection. Perhaps on the whole it might bring me luck, and there seems but one objection, which is, if you'll let me speak so bold, your feet are unpleasantly wet and cold, and will probably give me the rheumatiz. Said the kangaroo. Said the duck, as I say it on the rocks, I would have thought that over completely, and I brought four pairs of worsted socks, which fit my webbed feet neatly, and to keep up the cold, I've brought a cloak, and every day a cigar I'll smoke. All to follow my own dear true love of the kangaroo," said the kangaroo. "I'm ready, all in the moonlight pale, but to balance me well, dear duck, sit steady, and quite at the end of my tail." So away they went with a hop and a bound, and they stopped the whole world three times round. And who so happy? Oh, who, as the duck and the kangaroo? To see in a sieve they did, in a sieve they went to see. In spite of all their friends could say, on a winter's morn, on a stormy day, in a sieve they went to see. And when the sieve turned round and round, and everyone cried, "You'll all be drowned!" They called aloud, "Our sieve ain't big, but we don't care a button, we don't care a fig." In a sieve we'll go to sea. Far and few, far and few are the lands where the jumblies live. Their heads are green and their hands are blue, and they went to sea in a sieve. They sailed away in a sieve. They did in a sieve. They sailed so fast, with only a beautiful pea green veil. Tied to a ribbond by way of a sail, to a small tobacco pipe mast, and everyone said who saw them go, "Oh, won't they be soon upset? You know, for the sky is dark and the voyage is long, and happen what may, it's extremely wrong in a sieve to sail so fast." Far and few, far and few are the lands where the jumblies live. Their heads are green and their hands are blue, and they went to sea in a sieve.
the water it soon came in, it did. The water it soon came in. So to keep them dry, they wrapped their feet in a pinky paper all folded neat, and they fastened it down with a pin. And they passed the night in a crockery jar, and each of them said, How wise we are, though the sky may be dark and the voyage may be long. Yet we never can think we were rash or wrong, while round in our sieve we spin, far and few. Far and few are the lands where the Jumblies live. Their heads are green and their hands are blue. And they went to sea in a sieve. And all night long they sailed away when the sun went down. They whistled and warbled a moony song to the echoing sound of a coppery gong in the shade of the mountains brown. Oh, Timberlow, how happy we are when we all live in a sieve and a crockery jar. And all night long on the silver pail we sail away with a pea-green sail in the shade of the mountains brown. Far and few, far and few are the lands where the Jumblies live. Their heads are green and their hands are blue, and they went to sea in a sieve. They sailed to the western sea, they did, to a land all covered with trees. And they bought an owl and a useful cart, a pound of rice and a cranberry tart and a hive of silvery bees. They bought a pig and some green jackdaws, a lovely monkey with lollipop paws and forty bottles of ringbowry and no end of stilton cheese. Far and few, far and few are the lands where the Jumblies live. Their heads are green and their hands are blue, and they went to sea in a sieve. And in twenty years they all came back in twenty years or more, and everyone said, how tall they've grown, for they've been to the lakes and the torrible zone. And the hills of the Chankly Bore. And they drank their health and gave them a feast of dumplings made of beautiful yeast. And everyone say, If we only live, we too will go to sea in a sieve to the hills of Chankly Bore. Far and few, far and few are the lands where the Jumblies live. Their heads are green. And their hands are blue, and they went to sea in a sieve. That was another Tell-A-Tale Pod production. Remember that you can follow, share and find more of our podcasts at tellatalepod.podbean.com.